0: Hello and welcome to the Dear Mama podcast. My name is Nahima Khan and I am so excited that you're here. Motherhood is a transformative experience. It brings new situations, joys and challenges. It makes sense that we need new skills and tools to manage this new stage of life so that we can show up as the best versions of us for ourselves as well as our family. After experiencing my own challenges with juggling the realities of modern motherhood, I went on a quest to find tools to support my mental, emotional, and physical well-being, uncovering personal and spiritual development tools that have helped me in my journey to find a calmer and more intentional life. After experiencing the benefits of walking this path for myself, I wanted to create a space to share with other mamas who needed this too. And so, the Dear Mama Project was born. Each week, I'll bring you an inspiring episode packed with practical personal development tools to help you in your own journey of becoming the best version of you. I'll also be sharing real mothers inspiring stories of using motherhood as a catalyst for personal transformation. It takes courage to decide that you want or need to change or maybe that you want more, but I truly believe that motherhood presents us with a unique opportunity to grow and transform and I can't wait to go on this journey together. Hello and welcome to episode 18. Today's episode is a little bit special. I'm going to be doing a little Q&A with some questions that I was given through Instagram. I threw it out there that I was going to do an episode just answering questions and anything that has come up for you since you've been listening to the podcast. So I have collated the most frequently asked questions and I'm going to be answering them for you in today's episode. Today's episode is also special because it's my last episode for 2019. I had originally planned on continuing to record through Christmas and New Year's because I love creating content for you guys and I feel like there's just so many conversations we need to have. But... I also know that I've had such a big year this year and I really need to give myself some space to rest and regather and be creative and start letting the plans for 2020 start bubbling up to the surface. So I'm excited to take a little bit of time just to hang out with my family and yeah, just take a big breath and really soak up everything that's happened in 2019 and start really thinking about next year and and what that's going to look like too. So on that note, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for the way you have embraced the podcast and me for telling your friends about the podcast, for sharing it on Instagram stories, for telling me your stories and letting me know how the podcast has helped you. I can't tell you how much it has meant to hear that and how much it has meant to have you welcome me with such open arms and just be such incredible support of this message and of of the podcast. I'm incredibly grateful and it was so scary for me to start. Dear Mama, and I'm just overwhelmed by the way that it has been embraced and I'm so grateful for you spending time listening to these episodes and what I have to say and what the beautiful women who come on here and share their stories have to say. Thank you. I don't take it lightly that you listen and i really just want to show up for you in 2020 and i know giving myself a little bit of time is really going to help me do that so thank you if i don't speak to you beforehand i just want to wish you a super incredible amazing restful christmas and new year break i hope that it's everything that you want and more i'm wishing you all the good vibes for 2020 i feel like it's going to be an amazing year And yes, all of the good vibes to you for next year. I hope it is everything that you want and more. So this episode is a little bit of everything and we touch on a few really good topics. So I hope you love the podcast. And as always, if you listen and have any takeaways, I absolutely love hearing from you. Take a screenshot on Instagram and tag me. Comment on Instagram. Send a carrier pigeon. Whatever you need to do. I absolutely love hearing from you and hearing what you have taken away from the episode. So question one, what was the best thing you did to help achieve a healthier mindset? The best thing I think I've ever done for my mindset is learn how to separate myself, who I am, from my thoughts. For a long time, I didn't have that separation and I felt exhausted by the thoughts that I would think. And I was constantly, I guess, reacting to whatever thought was in my mind and and taking it really personally and I guess letting myself follow whatever that thought told me was the truth and I just believed that my thoughts were true so creating distance between myself who I am and the thoughts that I think has been the most game-changing life-changing thing I've probably ever done because when you have that separation between who you are and your thoughts you then have the option to choose a different thought if the thought that comes up you don't like And thoughts are not personal. Thoughts are from old stories that we have been running. They're from our past, from our childhood, from things that have happened to us and meaning that we have attached to those things. So some of the thoughts that we think are not really awesome. And if we're constantly reacting to those and taking them personally, it's like you're just being, you're out of control. It's like being a rag doll, just being thrown in multiple directions. When you have the opportunity to create the separation between yourself and the thought and see that you have the power to choose the thoughts that you think, it's a game changer because then you get to control what happens next. If I get a thought come up that's that's not awesome, I have the option to let it go and to choose again. And when I choose again, I can choose a more empowering thought and something that's going to lead me to feeling better emotions, it's going to lead me to taking better actions and experiencing life in a different way. So number one thing is learning how to separate myself from my thoughts. On that note, um, prior to learning this skill, I was someone who I would have called like a warrior. In fact, my husband used to call me that all the time. He's such a warrior. And I don't talk about myself like that anymore and I don't I definitely don't experience the same volume of worrying thoughts because I have practiced the skill of learning to let go and therefore I don't see I don't take those thoughts on board as much but I just want to say it's really important to be aware of the labels that you put on yourself because they become self-fulfilling prophecies when I would walk around going I'm a warrior or my husband would call me a warrior it became an identity that that was like who I was. I'm a warrior. And when you walk around with something like that as your identity, well, of course you're going to then worry because it becomes who you are. So if you're someone who experiences a lot of anxious thoughts, who experiences worrying thoughts, whatever it is, just be really careful about the labels that you put on yourself because they do become true for you. If you walk around saying, I'm anxious, you're going to be more anxious. If you walk around saying, I'm a warrior, you're going to be more worried. Just bring a little bit of awareness to the words that follow I am. In terms of learning how to separate yourself from your thoughts, the number one thing I would recommend is mindfulness meditation. And I know a lot of people roll their eyes at meditation or avoid it. And I get it. It's like, oh, you have to sit still and be with your thoughts. That can be really scary. But it is honestly the quickest and most effective way to start distancing yourself from your thoughts and to strengthen your mindfulness muscle. And that is where you learn how to then bring that mindfulness into your everyday life. So in meditation, you're learning to separate yourself from your thoughts, learn not to follow your thoughts, but to instead let them pass by. And when you practice that in meditation over and over again, then you are able to apply the same skill in your day-to-day life. So you're able to have a thought like a worrying thought or an anxious thought or a thought that's really, you know, not, doesn't make you feel good. You can see the thought come up and then you can let it go. And that's the, that's the game-changing bit. That's the life-changing bit. When you can get a thought that doesn't serve you and learn how to let it go, that opens up like a world of possibility as to what happens next. You can choose better quality thoughts and that is game-changing. Okay, so question number two. How do you let go of having high expectations of yourself in motherhood? So the first thing I want to say there is you have a choice as to what expectations you take on board. And if other people have expectations of you or you're receiving messages around, you should be doing this or you should be doing that, it's up to you to decide whether or not you actually wanna take that on board. So you decide what your expectations are. And if you're receiving messages from people that say you should be doing more, then stand up for yourself and know what is true for you and what is ultimately important for you. And that goes back to understanding your values. So what are the things that are actually important to you? If you are putting those expectations on yourself, if you feel like you need to do everything, if you're putting really unrealistic expectations on yourself, you're expecting yourself to get things right all the time, to always be perfect and to have it together, then have a think about where that's coming from for you. Is that coming from you feeling like you're unworthy? Is that you trying to prove yourself? Do you feel like you have to do that to be loved or to be a good mum? And if it's that, that, if it's not other people that are putting those expectations on you, but it's you putting those expectations on yourself, then that's like a worthiness issue. So can you look at how you can love yourself more and know that you are worthy and you are good enough right now without you having to have a perfectly organized pantry or a perfectly clean house or the perfect whatever it is. Like, can you love yourself now? Give yourself the gift of being good enough now without putting all of that pressure to meet all of those expectations on yourself. Because I feel like when you know that you're worthy, when you love yourself now, you don't put crazy pressure on yourself to meet all of these expectations because you're not doing it from a place of trying to prove that you are, that you've got it all together or that you are perfect or that you are worthy. If you really truly know and have a solid foundation of worthiness, then you're not going to put that pressure on yourself. When it comes to this as well, I want to say that in the past, I've been someone who's very much tried to always get it right and has absolutely beaten myself up when I have gotten it wrong. And the biggest shift I saw in terms of letting go of the really high expectations and the berating myself when I would get things wrong is the realization that if I put the pressure on myself to be perfect all the time, to do everything perfectly every single time, to do all of the things, then I am placing the weight of perfection on my son's shoulders. If I am saying to him to be worthy, to be valued, to be loved, you have to do everything, you have to not make any mistakes, then what message is that sending him? I never want to place that pressure on him. And the only way I can raise a little boy who loves himself and who doesn't feel like he needs to do anything to be worthy or he has to keep everyone happy or he has to do things he doesn't want to do to be loved is if I show him what that looks like. So for me, I really embrace the fact that I don't do everything and that I get things wrong on the reg and I don't hide that. I'm actually pretty proud of it. I'm happy to own my mistakes and to to not be perfect, because me showing my little boy that I'm not perfect and I'm still happy with myself is showing him that he can be not perfect and still be happy with himself, and that's the kind of parent I want to be that's the kind of little boy I want to raise is someone who knows that he is worthy, he is good enough, just as he is without doing anything, he is perfect, and I'm sure that that's what we all want for our kids. We all look at our little people and just know that they are inherently worthy. They don't have to do anything to be loved. We love them just as they are. So love yourself the same way. Like, why do we suddenly place expectations on being worthy as soon as you reach a certain age? You know, children are born worthy. You were born worthy. We are all worthy. So I think that's where it comes down to for me. If you've got people who are putting expectations on you, recognize that it's a choice for you to actually take on board their stuff because that is their stuff, not your stuff. If you're the one putting expectations on yourself, really look at why am I putting these expectations on myself? What am I trying to prove? Is it a worthiness issue? Do I not feel worthy? Do I feel the need to prove myself or to prove that I'm a good mom or a good woman or a good person or whatever it might be? And if it is, know that you are worthy without any of that stuff, you are worthy right now. And if you're having trouble with that, remember that you are a role model for the little people in your home And for them to grow up feeling worthy and loved for who they are, no criteria, no expectations, no anything attached that they are just worthy right now as they are, then that's what we have to model to them right now. Okay. Question number three, how do you find time for self-care? I feel like I should have just called this the worthiness podcast because it's going to go back to that as well. Um, I was someone who really didn't make a lot of time for self-care for a really long time. And I had a little cycle that I would follow where I would not do anything for myself, reach breaking point, um, usually end up crying and feeling just hopeless. I'd have a big conversation with my husband and I would then go out and spend the day looking after myself. I would come home feeling good and then I would neglect myself for another four weeks until I was at breaking point again. Um, So that was a little cycle that I was living over and over and over again. As I think many of us do, you know, we go out and do something nice for ourselves, and then that's it for four weeks or that's it for five weeks or however long it is. And I was doing that and found that that obviously wasn't really working for me because I couldn't just do something once and then forget about myself. Like that's not self-care. So the biggest shift I saw for myself was when I made self-care a part of every day. And for me, that's not necessarily really big things. It's just constantly asking myself every day throughout the day, what do I need? What what would make me feel good right now? And listening to that and following that, most importantly, without any guilt. So I don't have any guilt attached when I decide that I need to go and sit outside and drink my tea in the sun or I need to ask for help or I need to call a friend and I need to skip work and go and have coffee for two hours with a girlfriend or whatever it might be. So I think that's that's the biggest shift for me in terms of self-care is incorporating it into my day-to-day life rather than sort of giving myself it once every four weeks or however long as like a treat because that's not self-care it's that's not sustainable if you're just going to do something every now and then it needs to be something that you're consistently doing you're consistently giving back to yourself in terms of finding time i feel like we don't find time we make time and we make time for the things that we value if we don't value ourselves we will not give ourselves time so again It goes back into the self-worth issue. For me, I did not have a lot of self-worth. I didn't want to spend any time or money or energy on myself, and I carried guilt around that, so I didn't do self-care. So it goes back to that worthiness. If you are not feeling like you are worthy of time, energy, money, whatever, then you're not going to make that time for yourself. So I think it's about just really loving yourself and valuing yourself enough to know that you are worthy of looking after you and how you want to do that is up to you we all have different ways of filling our cup I still go through stages of life that are really busy and I might not get to get my hair done or I might like you don't even want to see my toes at the moment it is terrible (laughs) and my nails but that's okay. You know, there's stages of life that are going to be really busy, but I don't feel depleted, even though my nails and toenails and everything are disgusting, because every day I'm doing little things that fill my cup. I'm going to sit in the sun. I talk to a friend and most importantly, I do it without guilt. So yes, I think in terms of finding time for self-care, knowing that you are worthy, making yourself a priority And knowing that you make time for the things that you value, you need to be valuing looking after yourself. You are just as worthy of your own love and energy as anyone else in your family, and you are responsible for giving that to yourself. Unfortunately, no one is going to come and give it to us. It needs to be something that you claim and you say, I am deserving of this time. So that is my advice for that question. Next question, how do you keep your relationship together when kids take up a lot of your time? Great question. And honestly, I don't think this is something I can really give advice on because we struggle just as much as anyone else does in this space. It is really freaking hard. Having children puts a lot of pressure on your relationships and a lot of pressure on your time. We are going to be having some guest experts on in 2020 diving deep into relationship because I feel like that's an area that we really need to chat about. Um, so I won't go into that too much. What I will say is the things that have helped us the most is communication, something we still work on on a regular basis. But I we have found that almost all issues start and end with communication and really just trying to talk to each other and make sure you're on the same page. So. Just to give some immediate help if you're a bit stuck at the moment, I highly recommend the Love Languages book by Gary Chapman. I think it was, and it's all about how we all have different love languages and how I receive love and what I need to feel loved is going to be different to what my husband needs. So this came out for us um, when we first had my little guy, and. My husband' his love language is acts of service, so he would love to mow the lawn, or do the dishes, or um, clean the car, whatever it might be. That was his way of showing love. My way of showing love is quality time. I want to spend quality time with the people I love. If that's how I feel most loved, that's what fills up my love tank. So for us, my husband was out there mowing the lawn or cleaning the car and leaving me inside by myself and i was feeling very unloved whilst he was trying to show me his love and we had this disconnect of communication and i feel like that's so common so we read that book oh, it would have been like just after my son was born maybe like 6 months or something after he was born and it really just helped us kind of get on the same page with understanding how each other want to be loved so that book i highly recommend i also highly recommend juliet allen's authentic sex podcast she has an interview with John Wineland all about feminine and masculine energy, and that made so much sense for me. I listened to it with my husband and light bulb moments for both of us. So highly recommend that podcast episode, and I will be having Juliet on the podcast in 2020. So spoiler alert, but that's happening, and I'm so excited about it. Next question. What are your favorite books and resources that help you be positive and that resonate with you? Okay, so I'm a bit of a book lover, And I will give you some of my favorite ones that I have had so far. I would really recommend for anyone, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Absolutely loved that book. Um, I also highly recommend listening to books on Audible, which is an audio book app that you can download on your phone. It just makes it so much easier. I feel like it's quite hard to um find time to really sit down and read a lot of the time so listening on audible is really cool because you can listen in the car or at the gym going for a walk whatever you need to do so daring greatly is amazing um some motherhood books that have really helped me the complete buddhism for mothers by sarah napthali Um, So it's obviously based on Buddhism, but there's a lot of stuff around mindfulness, um, patience, surrender, compassion. So I found that book really, really helpful. Would highly recommend for any mums who are feeling like they need a little bit more mindfulness and self-compassion. I really, I really loved that book. Another motherhood book I have loved is The Motherhood, which is by Jamila Rizvi who was just on the podcast in the last episode. Great book for new mums who are in the thick of new motherhood and feeling like what the hell just happened. This book's like a a knowing nod and a wink and a hug for someone who is in the trenches of new motherhood and just lets you know that you're not alone. So highly recommend that book as well. There's also a book which I talk about for parenting that has really helped us and that is How to Talk So Little People Listen. Just a really good book for understanding tantrums and dealing with little kids and how they communicate because they do not communicate in the same way as us. And being able to, I guess, get on their level can really help with tantrums. Some other books that have really helped me is Love is Letting Go of Fear. This is based on A Course in Miracles and talks about the importance of moving towards love and away from fear and how everything that we do in life is either coming from a place of love or coming from a place of fear. It really resonated with me. It's a very kind of nice, easy book to read. Um, so I highly recommend that one. I also really love Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. And that's a bit more of a sort of spiritual book. Um, but I really like Rebecca Campbell's writing. And that's probably it for my book list at the moment. I'll be sure to update you, though, when I get back, maybe. I'm planning on getting as many books in as I can. That is the end of my last podcast episode for 2019. I hope you guys have loved it. As always, super appreciative of your support and for the opportunity to chat to you every week. I can't wait to come back in 2020 and give you more helpful and inspiring content. If you have loved the podcast this year, it would mean so much to me if you could jump over to iTunes and leave a written review. It helps the podcast get found by more mums who need this message. And I'm so grateful for the time that you spend leaving those reviews. It absolutely makes my day. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and an amazing New Year break. And I can't wait to see you in 2020.